You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This is episode number 256, we're discussing Zack Snyder's Justice League, Thor, and the Asgardians of the Galaxy, and the world of Wakanda coming to Disney+. Plus. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Carlos. And I'm Sanjay. See, we told you Sonny would be back. He is in the seat, he's recovered, and ready to talk. All things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond, guys. We've got another thrilling week in the Nerd Room Talking Zack Snyder's Justice League. We got a lot of info here. It is coming. Whether you want it or not, guys, it will be arriving on HBO Max and Crave in just a few weeks. We're going to be talking about that towards the end of the episode. We also got some MCU coverage, not only with WandaVision Episode 4, but Thor Love and Thunder is filming Down Under in Australia. We've got our first set photos. So this is going to be a bit of a spoiler talk in just a few minutes, but we're going to be talking about what the start, at least, of Thor's production looks like, along with Chris Pratt and the Guardians of the Galaxy. We all saw this at the end of Endgame, and they're playing this out into Thor 4. So very exciting stuff there to you guys. And Ryan Coogler, famed director, acclaimed director of Black Panther, Fruville Station, Creed, he has signed an exclusive contract with Disney+, Plus, which means he's bringing a show, a Wakanda show, to Disney+. Plus. So we're going to dig into that and what we think that show is going to be all about but we're going to have to wait to get into some of that discussion here because we got to kick this things off. We always do with our Weeks and Nerd. It's been another tense week on the hunt. As things open up here a little bit. We've got all sorts of franchises being chucked at us. Figures, whatever. Hasbro went a bit nuts with the Black Series this past weekend, showing us some of that 50th anniversary love. But guys, let's let's get into it. Troy, my man, Craven the Hunter, you got to kick us <laughs> off here. You've always got something intense to tell us so why don't you throw this at us and then you carlos after you get through that you're going to take us through future state week four as well so but let's let's hear it what do you got man yeah man uh starting this week uh comic books let's start with the comic books man future state continues to go hard uh going into week four uh is a light week actually for the books i picked up uh four dc books uh one being batman superman uh the other one being dark detective number two um, and then with a strong recommendation by my boy Carlos here, um, Aquaman, which uh, it's been a long time since I've picked up an Aquaman <laughs> book. So um, yeah, I picked that book up. And then also uh, The Other History, book number two, uh, which we also uh, kind of talked about a little while ago, maybe a couple weeks ago. Uh, have yet to read that book. But um, moving off the books, man, the figures. It's always about those figures. <laughs> the plastic. And, um, <laughs> you know, if you go back a couple weeks ago or so, um, we did our, uh, our our nerd resolutions. And I failed. I failed already. I had a good laugh at this because I, I think I called it out, man, that this was going to happen within a month. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. No, I, I dropped the ball on this one. Listen, I um I saw this Cheetor Beast Wars action figure by Hasbro. And... Um, it's been a long time since I've bought a Transformer, probably since I was a kid, and I bought like the Beast Wars action figures then. And I saw one a while back, and I was like, nah, I'm not having it. It's not for me. And then uh, Carlos is like, no, man, but check out this version. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that one looks pretty good. That That's the one right there. So, you know, weeks go by. I'm looking for this thing. I never see it. 
Carlos hits me up yesterday. He's like, hey, man, it's right here, this store, this location. I'm like, oh, man. He's like, you want it right now? I'm like, I'm going to pump the brakes for a bit until I see it in person. I'll, I'll swing by and see. Sure enough, I go by today, and I'm like, wow, this yeah, this is this is a major upgrade from the Cheetor that I saw. So I had to pull the trigger on this thing. Um, it's, uh, it's part of the red line. Um, so I guess everyone that's familiar with the Transformers line, these figures don't actually transform. Um, this is just actually like the state that they're in once they're in uh, beast mode, uh, maximized, right? So uh, Cheetor comes with the, the guns, the different hand accessories. Um, but I got to say, it's a kind of cool, neat figure, and it's different from what I'm used to compared to like a Marvel Legends or a DC McFarlane. Um, the, just the components, the mechanics is a little different than I'm used to, but I'm having some fun with it. And uh, to close it out, man, it's... Um, it's Star Wars, man. Mando. Mandalorian figures. Mm-hmm. I uh, I found um, the quill, the quill figure, um, which is something I didn't think I was going to do. But after diving pretty hard in the Mando set, I was like, yeah, I got to get this guy. <laughs> like, he's right in front of me. <laughs> Why not? He looks pretty cool. I think he was 26 bucks from uh, EB with yeah. the edge card, you know, so I, I couldn't pass him up. So I got him on lock. And then um, Moff Gideon, man. Moff Gideon, the bad, bad man with the... Uh, the dark saber how could i not so um i pre-ordered this guy a while ago and he came through eb called me i was hoping is a playstation 5 but uh it's all good <laughs> still eludes <laughs> you eh? <laughs> yeah still hanging over me man still hanging over me one day one day but uh yeah man moff gideon so um you know really i just i just gotta i just gotta find that um that beskar deluxe set yeah with uh the child that's the one i'm kind of waiting for which probably won't ever see but I'm sure they're going to release a bunch of different Mando figures down the road because that that guy's just too hot to pass up. So, um, yeah, man, that's that's been my week. Ugh. Light work, man. I, I tell you, <laughs> as soon as you sent that picture of the Cheetor, I was I I had a good chuckle because I was like, he said he wasn't going to do this. This was about focus, <laughs> locking it down yeah. for the year. What is it, February second? <laughs> I know that was my fault. I didn't even think of that when I found that yeah. guy. But yeah, that. <laughs> I dig that the red line or like robot enhanced design yeah. is what uh, it stands for, but it's cool. And like, I thought about it, like my transformers, I kind of just have them in robot mm-hmm. mode all the time. Cause that's what yeah. makes them cool. Like mm-hmm. I don't collect one eighteen scale cars. Like it's just, <laughs> it's all about this big, bad robot. Yeah. His wares, so yeah, it, yeah. it's a good point that I thought of. I was like, Oh, that's kind of a, a weird that it doesn't transform. But at the end of the day, yeah. unless you're six, Right, you're not transforming these, whatever. Like it, it doesn't nope. matter. It's gonna stay in one pose, which is cool. So it's like a Although I statue. did have a coworker who messed with transformers, but he was kind of did all the nerd stuff on the down low, and so when his in laws would come over, he'd transform them all so that they were in vehicles, <gasps> so they'd be socially acceptable to his father in law. <laughs> that no is way. incredible. That's, That's amazing. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. Yeah, I'm yeah. a car guy. Yeah, totally. And that's and he's so far from being like that guy, but, but it's just like Autobots transform. And they, just oh, just they, imagine that. Well, my parents are coming by. Oh man. Yeah, you'd have half an hour of transforming all these guys to turn them into oh, what he thought would be socially acceptable for his uh, father-in-law. Well. <laughs> Goddamn Batman that's with amazing. that story, man. Keep it going here. Keep the fun rolling. What'd you get up to this week? Yeah, man. Uh, not much. Actually, I did do a bit of a Troy the Boy impersonation. We uh, had arrive at our house, the Clone Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi action figure. And then uh, on his heels was the Anakin Skywalker Clone Wars version. 
And my daughter, she was like, oh, I just love Anakin so much, but I kind of wish I got the Revenge of the Sith look. And my boy hooked me up. He's like, I got some, I got some heads here for you, and if you want to come pick them up, they're all yours. So I uh, had to stick my toe in that big bad world of customization, but uh, we had a success. It, it wasn't uh, a trip back to Troy's house with a bunch of broken figures and tears saying, "Please, please help me." It, uh, I was able to come through, and and Daddy was able to put. Anakin and Obi Wan in that looks in the looks that she likes the best looks good, on the man. shelf. So, yeah, that was a that was a small victory, but uh, all about the future state once again mm-hmm. this week. So yeah, like uh, like Troy said, read Superman Batman. That was a pleasant surprise. I that one was kind of under my radar. I thought it'd just be kind of like the Superman Batman book has typically been kind of just something that they'll throw a writer and an artist on to have some fun with. But this one was cool. It kind of showed you the beginnings of the magistrate Gotham and the art was unbelievable in this thing. Like from the line work to the, and the coloring I think was the thing that really made these pages pop. And there was not only was it visually stunning, but it was probably one of the most fun books I read in a, in a minute for just Bruce and Clark interacting and the two of them kind of sniping at each other and really highlighting their differences in approach to how they go about business without one being mean to the other one. It was just it was just a fun book. Like I don't know what like what you took away from that Troy, but I really liked the way they they approached their relationship in that one. No, I dug it. I mean, um, I mean, yeah. If we're, if we're doing a little bit of a future state talk right now, I gotta say that was probably my second favorite book this week um the relationship between clark and bruce is it's, it's always great and i haven't had this much fun with the two of them together probably since tom king's run leading up to the wedding oh with you the blind date they go on the double date oh that double was so date good book was was amazing was yeah. amazing yeah. um but no uh, yeah i'm right there with you the art was just phenomenal and i like how clark's head's kind of in the clouds man like he has no idea how bad it is in Gotham until mm-hmm. you arrive there. And I love how uh, Batman is very much like, listen, man, like things are heated, things are getting bad and you're a little flashy, like, you know, yes. um, and, you know, yes. and then he brings yeah. him into the, his bat wing, like get in here. You're bringing too much attention. Like your cape. Um, there's so many cool things. And um, I love where it goes. And I like this idea of this new um, threat, not just the magistrate, but also this, um, this new face recognition, this, this new face swap that mm-hmm. the kids are doing. Um, to kind of cover themselves from the magistrate, which is really neat. And uh, I like this introduction, or maybe the second introduction, to uh, Mr. Toad and how that ends between him and Clark, which is yeah. really cool. So uh, I'm really digging this book. And I've never really read a Superman-Batman book because I know there's lots of them out there. But this one here for Future State works for me. I think it's the year 2025, so it's like the earliest we've been in Future State yes. with a yeah. timeline. I dig it. Yeah, and just how they planted the seeds and picked them up, right? Like at the beginning of the book with, hey, you're too naive to what ends up being Clark's folly at the end. And yeah, just how they kind of parallel it to what Luke Fox's approach is with being Batman in that these kids, like you said, are changing their appearance. And they played up on the Splicers episode of Batman Beyond, but they're doing it because they're trying to escape all these new technologies and be able to live their lives kind of unencumbered. And then, yeah, Aquaman. I haven't picked up an Aquaman book since... Ah, that's a lie. I read a few Kelly Sue DeConnick's, but uh, man, same thing. Wasn't expecting much, and this was a fantastic story. Like, wow. killer art, 
and uh, once again, Future State taking you in a totally different place. It's not just mm-hmm. this evolution of where the books are. It's a totally different spin. It's just like, here's the two characters that are going to be carrying this Aquaverse, and here's the adventure that they're on. And they have really nothing to do with being in the future or the new state of the world. It's like they end up in a completely different paradigm and their own set of challenges and stuff. But, uh, man, like... Jackson was just a baller through this thing and Aquaman and Mera's daughter is showing some cool stuff and art was phenomenal once again. I don't know, man. What do you think? Did, well, were you happy to have spent your, your six bucks on an Aquaman book? Well, I haven't read that one yet, so I did pick it up, And but you sent me the screenshot. I think Aquaman had dreads. And I was yes. like, boom, I'm in. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so I, I picked awesome. up that book, but um, I've, I've saved that one for last. Um, Dark Detective, I won't go much into it. I'm sure you will. But the book off of Dark Detective, which is Red Hood, that yeah. one was my absolutely favorite book of this week. Um, it's Jason Todd's Red Hood, obviously. And he's in this world where basically, you know, we already explained, but masks aren't allowed in Gotham. But Jason Todd has flipped sides and he's actually working for the magistrate and he's like a bounty hunter basically mm-hmm. working with these guys and he's taking out any kind of heroes, all mm-hmm. the heroes. Mm-hmm. And he's he has a bad rep. But the panels, the panels honestly is like watching Drive the movie. It's so cool how it's done. And the art isn't necessarily the best, but it works for what they're going for in the book. Yeah, it's very he stylized. Also, it's very stylized. And uh, it's a really, really cool book. It's my favorite. And I love him working with... um. Deathstroke's daughter, I gather. I don't know much about the character, but I'm guessing it's Deathstroke's daughter. Yeah, Ravager. And, um, yeah, man. Really cool book. Like, it's it's a big recommend for me. If it, I mean, Dark Detective is a win. But, I mean, you all, on the bonus, you also get uh, Red Hood, Future State. Yeah, that Red it Hood been his own book. great. And they insinuate yeah. that he's done some bad things and some big yeah. betrayals in there. And, and I love the interplay with him and Ravager and that, oh. like, they're in deep. Yeah. Deep. <laughs> but at the yeah. same time, like, they're on... <laughs> opposite sides of the fence moment to moment and yeah that one was cool and man dark detective just blew me away like dan mora's art is gorgeous and then like as much as i love luke fox operating as batman like i love this like down and out living in some guy's dirty basement suite (laughs) bruce wayne like it is amazing it is amazing and like Bruce complaining about the bullet being lodged in his knee as he's like kneeling down. And I look at my big inflamed knee. I was like, man, <laughs> they wrote this book just for me. Just for me. Like I loved every panel of that thing and just so many interesting characters and how far they take um, that world in such a short period of time was yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then were those, uh, you said you bought four books this week. Yeah. And then the other book I have is um, the other history book number two. Oh, okay. But I, I, I haven't read that one yet either. So those two are just waiting for me. Yeah. And that was a phenomenal story. Anybody who wants just um, a really deep, socially aware look at the DC universe. And it, and it's kind of cool. Like John Ridley's writing this thing and it's one of those things. It's kind of like the Joker movie where it's like nobody would read this if it didn't have these characters in it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to put these characters in it, but we're going to tell a powerful story that makes a statement about something um, and use the characters and their lore as a vehicle for it. And man, you'll love it. And it's can't wait. If you have an affinity for Teen Titans, especially the Wolfman Perez era, mm. like it, it does some really cool things with um, telling a story about what's happening 
below the surface of all the high adventure stuff that you read back then. And even if you haven't read any of it, it's just a really cool human story told through the words of Malcolm and um, Bumblebee there. And yeah, awesome. it was it was cool. Like I, I sat down and I thought I was going to read it piecemeal because they're pros and they're pretty lengthy reads. And I ended up demolishing this thing in wow. one sitting. It was a wow. long it's sitting. Big. It's yeah. a big one. Yeah, that's oh, awesome, yeah. man. But it was a great read. But yeah, back with Future State. Um, so like those three books that we talked about, those are the big recommends for this week. The honorable mention was the Suicide Squad book. I liked it. I dug what they were doing, and it's a kind of, once again, different setup. Like the Suicide Squad that you meet at the beginning of the book might be on a different world than the Suicide Squad that comes into it that might be James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Uh. And it was kind of neat. It was a decent setup, and I'm curious to see where it goes. The Black Adam backup, it was cool, but it was cool because I read, like, the DC 1 million event in the 90s, <laughs> and they played with those characters a bit. So, I don't know, like, you people could probably take or leave that one. And then your mileage may vary on Superman versus Imperius Lex. Like, the art wasn't great, and it was, like, this really on-the-nose trump commentary so (laughs) i don't know if if you love silver age superman stories like you might dig it but i was kind of yeah on it and legion of superheroes i i really wanted to dig it like i was like bendis is writing it he loves legion maybe he can sell me on the legion of superheroes in this new future state type of uh lens and no my relationship with the Legion of Superheroes remains the same. I just, I just don't like them. <laughs> I just don't like them. I cannot get into them. I try, but no. <laughs> Man, well, it's it's great to hear that DC Future State is still continuing to kill it because we're mm. four weeks in now, so we're halfway through, correct? Yes, through yeah. the event, and they're still rocking here. And a few few less recommends this week, but. Ultimately, it sounds like you've got some top tier books there that uh, I'm probably going to wait till this whole thing's done to, to blast through them. But ultimately, I, I love hearing week by week how you guys are, are keeping up with this. And four more weeks to go and see how this thing plays out. If they've been this good, what do you think they've saved to the end? Like, it's going to be crazy mm. for you guys. Eh? Like, oh, oh, I know, yeah, man. And like, how many books? Like, there's like six, seven books a week. And yeah. I've said like, there's two that mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, take a pass on them. Yeah, that's like, wild. That's wild. That's that's almost <laughs> unprecedented, right? When you're doing that volume of books, especially new stuff too, right? Where yeah. you know you're having to walk in, not blind, but you're walking in with the expectation that you kind of got to jump feet first into the into the universe a bit, and you're learning a lot and you're taking a lot in, and it's it's not always the easiest thing to do. And it's great to hear that this continues to bring the heat when it comes to comic book content creation and the art too. Yeah. Well, yeah, to apply your rule of you got one issue to hook me, mm-hmm. man, these guys are the masters of that. Like that's DC will be able to sell you all the books if, if that's the <laughs> test. <laughs> incredible. Incredible. Well, let's keep this going, man. Sonny, you're back. Yeah, man. You're back. How you feeling? You feeling okay? Your your name's a little yeah. funny on the <laughs> G unit, but I don't know if your brain, if you hit your head or... Or what, man? How you been? How's things? How's how's week? Yeah, or the last couple the weeks? Things have been good, man. Yeah, like uh, just piggybacking off of Future State, I actually went to the comic shop and picked up a bunch of Future State, and I'm right there with you guys. Like, um, I've been reading it. I read the first two weeks, and I'm digging it. I think it's really cool concept. Um, you know, I thought Swamp Thing book was really cool. Yeah, man. 
Um, I, I dug that a lot. And um, the other one was the Shazam book. Um, man, I thought that was awesome. Like just like a total different take on the character. And um, I really dug it. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Bill and Ted. Like, no way. Cool. <laughs> it kind of does, man. I don't know what it is, but it, I just had like a Bill and Ted vibe from that issue. So um, just trying to sell Troy on Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing was cool is like I went to the comic shop and then uh, the people working there were like, hey, do you want a free Wonder Woman 84 movie poster? And I'm like, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> so I got a sweet one uh, in the back. You'll have to send a picture up on Twitter. But uh it's looking pretty dope, man. I'm pretty poster. happy with how that one turned out. It's like the actual theater size, like the double-sided ones too. Beauty. Um, like going online, like those are like 40, 50 bucks. And she's like, do you want them? I'm like, hell yeah, I do. And then I was like, oh, my daughters love Wonder Woman. And then the girl, uh, then the lady working there was like, oh, I didn't know you had a daughter. So she's like, hold on a second. And she came back and she had like the headbands, like the tiaras that Wonder Woman wears. Um, she had um, like some like, fans and like some pins and stuff collectible stuff gave them to my daughters and they freaking loved it man <laughs> they were running around pretending to be wonder woman all day so that's pretty cool that's um cool. and then knowing me i am the man who picks up movies you know <laughs> blu-rays 4ks not so much dvds anymore but uh, once in a while the man of steel books man you got a pump the man that. of steel books yeah but i haven't got a steel book in a little while but i did get a 4k of the batman animated film batman soul of the dragon now i don't know if you guys had a chance to check this out but man i really dug this and uh yeah i don't know have you any of you guys seen this yeah buddy <laughs> thanks for the hookup with that uh, digital code there and yeah i was I... trying to be coy about it it's called the lead-in in the biz it's called uh it's called a segue <laughs> Did it? okay that's what, that's what they teach you in uh, podcast school well yeah you're a pro now you got doing double duty <laughs> i know i'm double dipping uh <laughs> yeah man this book or this sorry this uh movie so it takes place in the 70s it's like an alternate reality uh where bruce wayne he goes to like train um, with this like master, and then there's like Bronze Tiger, there's uh, Shiva, uh, Lady Shiva, and then there's this other guy, Richard Dragon, um, that I had no idea who he was. Like, I don't know. Like, is this guy made for the movie, or has he been appearing in the comic books before? Like, he's just a total brand new character to me. Yeah, man, he's like, uh, like kind of that '70s exploitation era Bruce Lee, uh, blowing up all over Hollywood. So he was kind of created as like DC's answer to Shang Chi and Iron Fist, and oh, okay. um, and it's funny because like he, he was definitely inspired by Bruce Lee, but yet they made him look like Chuck Norris or David Carradine. <laughs> So I, I dug what they did here where they're like, no, yeah. they rejiggered him into being uh, like a Bruce Lee type archetype. But at the same time, like he's straight up Roger Moore, James Bond to opening, opening that movie. Like it Absolutely. was cool. Like I yeah. really appreciated where they took it. Like you said, it's kind of a 70s style movie, but they really leaned into that. Like the the costumes that everybody's wearing or the clothing is all 
era appropriate the vehicles all era appropriate but even like small things like the opening credits are like the weird Mm -hmm. like technicolor Mm -hmm. uh, Uh, lights coming together to form the dc logo and like the guitar licks for the background music and it was awesome how's the animation oh sweet man sweet like it's is it a full length like a full feature like hour and a half or so i think it's like 84 minutes or something okay yeah. What's yeah. uh What's Bats donning? Is he in the blue and gray or black and gray at this point? It should be blue, probably. Yeah, he's got the bl- he's blue? got the blue man. He, they made him yeah. look kind of like the Marshall Rogers Batman. I know people are, are talking about the years being pointed off to the sides a little bit, oh, but okay. it, it's not supposed to be your one Batman with the right. purple gloves and stuff. It, Marshall Rogers used to draw him like that, and he was kind of the one of the signature artists of that time for sure cool and cool. so yeah he's got the yellow belt but it was cool and like i don't know what sunny thought about it but like he is totally just in that to sell this thing on his name because absolutely Bat- <laughs> batman's not in it very much but i thought the no. movie was way better for that like you didn't I miss agree. him interesting okay yeah sounds- man i agree like i think that uh dc needs to do a better job of like letting these characters stand on their own because I know, like, Batman's easy to bring in because he's going to sell a bunch. But, like, really, Bruce Wayne was in it way more than Batman was. You know what I mean? So it's kind of would have been cool if it was, like, a Bruce Wayne Soul of the Dragon instead. Where he just didn't even, like, go into Batman yet. Because, I don't know, man. Like, I-, I thought it was really cool. And Richard Dragon kind of stole the show for me. He's oh, a character yeah. that I'm, like, they need to do something with this guy. Like, he got his movie, so let's see what else he can do. Well, you need Chang Chi to hit huge, and then they'll yeah, then they will dust them yeah, off. <laughs> right? <it> up. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, by the way, yeah. So it was cool though. Like I thought it. Oh, yeah, I thought it was neat that they decided to make this movie, and they're like, "Let's do it," but we got to put Batman in it to be able to sell more than fifteen copies. <laughs> right. <So. laughs> well, I think that's. I think it's better that they go with these like Elseworld kind of one-off stories. As opposed to like just redoing famous comic arcs, because mm-hmm. whenever they redo a famous comic arc, it never holds up to like the book, right? Like every time that they've done one, except for maybe like a couple, the book has always been better, and it's been a little bit of a letdown. But you have these like one-off weird Elseworld stories that you're just like, here it is, and like it's just 84 minutes. You take it, you don't take it. You may love it, you may hate it. You know, but it's it's out there and it's different, and I think it's great. You know, it's more creative in my opinion. No, I think yeah. stepping out into those Elseworld too, and giving your character introduction, it gives you a bit of room to breathe, right? You don't, like you said, you're not handcuffed by what's happened in the past or expectations, which is often what hurts a lot of this stuff. Oh, is totally. expectations, right? It's yeah. why isn't it word for word, letter for letter, panel for panel, a copy of the comic book series that I loved? Yeah. As you know what I mean. And, yeah. and stepping out of that box a little bit, I think, really helps these. Yeah, this one was just—it was just neat. Like it was just fun from beginning to end. Like, if you dig that Roger Moore era of James Bond, or if you dig stuff like uh, Enter the Dragon or Fist of Fury, you'll you'll like this movie. Like, cool. if you have any yeah. affinity for those '70s type action flicks, yeah. there's no way you can't not like this movie because it's just—it's just fun. Beginning and animation was cool. The fighting was cool. Um, I think it had an R rating, but it was mostly just for like blood and guts. They don't mm-hmm. do anything kind of stupid or gratuitous in it. It's just there's no bat wang in this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no bat wang. 
But uh, well, <laughs> there it is. That goes on the front of the review. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So let's go with our new uh, rating system. Yes. Or new right. old rating system. What would you uh, What would you grade this one, Sonny? We're doing letters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Consistent <laughs> yeah. now here. Right. Consistent letters. Uh, I would I would give this one a B plus B plus. I thought it was very well done. Yeah, I would. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go A minus. Like it's Ooh. it's not gonna give you. It, it's not an under the red hood kind of thing. But if you just want mm-hmm. an enjoyable time with rich dragon and the rest of that cast, like lady Shiva, amazing in this thing beginning to end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Michael J. White is bronze tiger. Like he was unreal. Yeah. I was like, is this the That's guy? Cool. So is bronze tiger who Idris Elba is playing in suicide squad or see someone else? No, no, no. no. It's not. Cause that was yeah. like the rumor for a while. It's like, he's going to be, bronze tiger and i was like oh that's so cool because like every time he pops up he kind of like steals the show whether it's like an animated series or this like oh, they need dope. more bronze tiger they he's do cool. he's really really cool they need to bring him to the big screen man yeah right man. yeah, yeah. Well, they're just waiting for you to sign that contract yeah. right well if, if, if guns suicide squad hits you're gonna see everyone <laughs> yeah. mannering yeah. their way yeah. into hbo max and all that through peacemaker or whatever right yeah yeah awesome so there it is that's that's i i like that a minus wow that's uh that's a real recommend there from the goddamn Batman. Yeah, it's the uh, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Like I said, it's got the asterisk '70s James Bond and kung fu movies, but who doesn't like those? Yeah, there you go. It's just such a weird thing. Like when you say it out loud, you're like, "DC made this film." Like Warner Brothers greenlit this film, and you're like, "Good on them for doing it." You know, because like, it seems absurd that they're like, "We're gonna make a '70s kung fu James Bond movie mashup involving Batman." Well, wasn't wasn't WB behind like the the old school like Green Hornet with Bruce Lee and all that back in the day? Wasn't that? Because he did, ha- I think so. Because he did have a crossover on Batman sixty six yeah. with Those Adam West. Fox. Yeah. Oh, was that Fox? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, and there we go, man. That's that's a couple big recommends down there for for that and for DC Future State. And I gotta whip you through the last little bit because we gotta jump into some WandaVision too here, guys. We gotta bang it <laughs> of three reviews right off the top here. But for my week of nerd, it was a quiet one. No Kijiji. And I did have a realization that Kijiji is only a Canadian thing, which I was not aware of. And I do apologize to those listeners that have subsequently gone out and searched for Kijiji and only found themselves, what is the one in the States? I can't remember. Craigslist? Craigslist, yes. And there's uh, Mercado or whatever it is that they also have down there. Um, So apologies there. But I, I did stay away from Kijiji this week, and I gave it a little bit of a break. But I did find myself in the world of, of Jurassic for this week. And uh, my daughter and I have been watching Camp Cretaceous, Netflix original. Yes. Two seasons. We finished season one about a month ago. And season two just dropped, I believe, at the end of January. And so her and I are doing two episodes a night. It's this really accessible avenue into Jurassic World. It's all animated. It's four or five kids are the main characters. The first season starts just before Jurassic World, goes through Jurassic World, and the second season is after Jurassic World, uh, before Fallen Kingdom. And so they've teased a third season. It's happening, and it's really cool. There's, It's very kid-friendly, but there are some moments where it does go a little dark. Um, there are off-screen dino killings and stuff like that and <laughs> it's great the characters in there are great carlos i know you you and your daughter have been watching a bit too eh yeah man we uh we just wrapped it on friday i guess it was but uh yeah love this show mm-hmm. and there's a part in the 
in the finale where I'm sitting next to her and I can feel her getting rigid because she doesn't want something to happen to some of these characters that she's uh, come to know and love. But uh, yeah, it, it's phenomenally well done and kudos to them for the work that they put into the animation of the dinosaurs. Oh, it's awesome. Like I, it makes me laugh because the kids are so simplistic, mm-hmm. but the dinosaurs, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, they're, yeah, it's, they're crazy, the differences. There's some like very kiddish parts, like, it's not really a spoiler, but riding dinosaurs and stuff like that. And you kind of scratch your head as to why can these kids outrun these huge dinosaurs all the time. But that Jurassic Park, man, that is that is the essence of it. And there's lots of dino chasings. And the cool thing about this show, too, is the T-Rex and the Raptors are not the villains, like the dino villains, right? There's always going to be the dino villains, right? And each season plays with a different dinosaur that we really haven't seen on the big screen that is the actual villain dinosaur. And it's, it's kind of cool because it strays away from what we're used to, you know, Raptors and T-Rex have consistently been, I guess in the new ones here, you've got some of the, the upgrades and that, but fundamentally those are always your mainstay dinos and not here. And so it's a huge recommend from me. Um, we did this while building uh, my big, huge ultimate collector series, Jurassic park gate and T-Rex. So that's almost awesome. done. Hopefully by the end of the weekend, I'll have a picture up on, on Instagram there showing that completed. And then I topped the week off with uh, the Amber collection, this, I guess a couple of weeks ago, I did my five days of figs and you saw the Nedry and Dilophosaurus in the Amber collection. This is a six inch scale Mattel version of your legends, your black series, your, uh, DC, uh, what do you call it? Uh, McFarlane's. And so I've dipped in this line slowly, but it looks like we're getting a whole bunch of new figures. So I finally pulled the trigger on the, the sexy man, Ian Malcolm. He's got the unbuttoned shirt, and uh, I'll put him in a nice lying down pose, as <laughs> as you do find on various Funko Pops and that. But uh, I'm loving this line, too. The The detail isn't perfect, but it is great to have a six-inch collector scale for Jurassic Park right now. I found myself retro big time into that, and I'm dipping my way into this as well. And so I'm balancing out uh, my love for, for Jurassic Park through retro and through this new stuff. And it's great. I, I can't say enough good things about these collector lines and having Jurassic Park stuff. Oh, all the, all, all more. It's all about the beyond goes guys. Right. And I did, I didn't, did not make a commitment to focus this year. So <laughs> I think it's funny that you say that you're only dipping your toe in, whereas you have a Brachiosaur that, that's bigger than your kids. <laughs> yes, that, that is true. I, um, I guess I, uh, I'm not dipping my toe in, man. I just jumped Right into the deep end with all this. I don't care. Yeah, you're in that Mosasaur tank, man. I am definitely up there. So, and then the end of the week, guys, last weekend, I, I got to tell you, WandaVision. We're going to talk about this for a few minutes. Spoilers on this episode four. Oh, spoiler alert. I, I'm loving the episodic nature of this. I've, I heard various accounts of people disliking how this is a bit of a slow roll and we're not getting that volume of content or at least the answers that we want quick enough. But I tell you, having something to look forward to every single week in the current global environment that we're in, I freaking love it. I love that I get yes. to sit down every Friday evening with my wife, get to do a little WandaVision, hang out, discuss it afterwards. We have had a freaking ball with this show. And I did the math after last week's episode. And there's a one-week break before Falcon and Winter Soldier. It plows through through March into April. And then Loki picks up at the start of May where we get Black Widow and then Loki. Like we have MCU content almost consistently with the episodic drops through the end of May. And 
I, I can't. And then right after that, we get what if and all that. So this year is going to be all MCU guys. And I'm freaking digging this, but let's jump into the show. Let's jump into episode four here. We're going to spend too much time on this. We're going to do a big wrap up episode in the coming weeks. Once we get to the end of this and we get some more of these big reveals, but this episode, episode four, we interrupt this program, very aptly named, very apt title for this episode. We take a break from the sitcom style of the series and we start to get some answers. We bring in some familiar faces and Agent Wu, Darcy, Troy, Darcy is back. <laughs> she is back in the MCU. Her first appearance since Thor uh, 2. Thor 2. It's been a while yeah, since Dark we've World. seen Darcy. Yeah. Dark World. But did anybody miss her? I yeah, I thought she was perma-snapped, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, perma I don't think she got snapped because she's now a doctor. She took that five years yeah. and got herself uh, yeah. from what it was, a, a poli-sci major up to an astrophysicist since we yeah. saw her in wow. uh, Thor 1 there. <laughs> yeah. We get a bit of backstory here on Monica Rambeau coming out of episode 3. We get some origins of S.W.O.R.D., her mother, Maria Rambeau, who was in Captain Marvel, that we saw her there. So we get some nice origin there playing with a bit of a blip. And we also get some explanations. So we've been theory crafting for a few weeks here, and we get some insight as to what this actually is. Now, Carlos, my dude, WandaVision, episode four, we've finally taken a break from the sitcom style. What's your thought on this episode? And and throw a little bit of a theory at us. What is going on now that we have just a bit more information confirmed here now? always setting me up to like to take the fall and then troy's just like yeah man (laughs) (laughs) no you know what man i dug this one a lot like super strong opening like i loved the hospital room scene Mm -hmm. and um what monica's reality is and what she comes to and then that fast build to a bit of uh her origin and kind of filling out what happened to Maria since we left her. That was cool. The show started to lose me with that cynical dialogue that everybody seemed to have, like from the time she goes to S.W.O.R.D. and she's talking to the front desk guy. I was like, why can't nobody talk to each other like civil human beings? And then that gets dialed up to like 11 when Darcy shows up. (laughs) And I was like, this is totally taking me out of the show. Like I was looking for it. Agent Wu to show up because he was the only one that was like a decent person in I, this whole thing. I love thing. Randall Park in that that role. He yeah, is he fantastic. is great. But uh, man, once Wanda and Vision and they only had a very small part of mm-hmm. this episode, but once you got to uh, reunite with them and the realities of what's going on is revealed and who your villain quote unquote is and what this mm-hmm. is. I was all in. Like, I love that this isn't um, generated out of midair and kind of like when we were talking with the Vigilante 1939 boys, like, I hate when their powers are too extreme that it makes the fact that there's even a conflict implausible Mm -hmm. because they're so powerful with a thought they have whatever they want, right? So I loved that this was an existing town that has now been um, kidnapped, basically. And a few hints as to some of the dynamics at play. And I was all in. Like, it reinvigorated my interest in the show and erased all the sins of Darcy uh, (laughs) throughout that first 20 minutes. And, yeah, it was good, man. Like, 
maybe no STD just yet, but like there's definitely a strong itch that I got to see the pharmacist about. So, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Sonny, I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, but the STD, based on your face, you did not. The STD is, no. is, 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 is the Sunny to Disney Plus, correct, Carlos? It is Sunny to Disney Plus. So, like, I, oh. when I make a recommend, I like to ensure that if my friend or one of our listeners is going to spend the time and the money, that it's worthwhile. So, if I'm going to push for our boy Sunny to spend the money and invest in Disney Plus, I got to make sure. So, it's a Sunny to Disney Plus, STD. That's, that's ah, what it means. Ah, okay, because my ears perked up. They were burning. Of course, of course like, they did. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, I'm not even, I'm not even a part of this, and you guys are just going there. So, <laughs> yeah, this is a very sad comment. That's why it's named that. <laughs> Troy. Yeah. This this slow this show has been a bit yeah. a bit of the slow build here, and we finally yeah. we get to a point where we get to a bit of a peak. Say call this the first four episode arc the first trade of wandavision if you will to bring it back Mm -hmm. to the comic books we get some reveals we get some insight as to carlos said who the villain is i've been thinking for weeks that wanda's been trapped but i don't think that anymore there seems to be (laughs) other nefarious things going on with wanda and and potentially her being the actual villain of her own story and i'm Mm -hmm. digging that i'm digging that but what, what do you what's your takeaways from this you know we had some some interesting insight into the bubble, like Carlos said. This is a town. We got some, you know, odd things going on with the people inside of it and the people outside of it. East View, West View, and we get some nice, nice reveals as to all the things we saw go into the bubble that we saw in the first couple of episodes. Actually, what they were. So, kind of backtracking yeah. and and kind of moving forward and kind of all the theory crafting that we did, we get some answers for. Plus, yeah. We get Darcy, man. You coined a phrase, I believe, in our Thor the Dark World review. Turn down the Darcy. Oh, that's all you. Was that me? Was that me? Okay. That's all you, oh, man. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm proud of myself. Oh, that sounded very much like something that's you came up with. That's a good one. <laughs> but a so it was, it was a did, – did Darcy need to be turned down to this? Or was she, or she a welcomed addition to this with the familiarity? She brings mm-hmm. definitely a certain dialogue and a certain tone to an episode. Um, yeah. that is her acting. Like she's like that in all the shows and movies we've seen her in, but yeah. bringing her in agent Wu, what, what's your thoughts here? And what's going on with Wanda? Well, okay. Well, to start off, man, I was worried, uh, when the show first initially dropped its cast and when they mentioned Randall parks, which is somebody I've never been a fan of. Um, well, yeah, there's a movie that he is in, but there's another movie that he popped up in. Oh, it's Aquaman. He was terrible. You know, Aquaman, he is terrible. Oh, yeah. And then he, um, <laughs> oh, whew. And then he popped up in uh, Ant-Man, and I didn't like him. So I was like, oh, man. Um, I've gone back to the office, and I have, actually have a better appreciation yes. for him now. Um, but then he uh, was mentioned to pop up in WandaVision, so I was worried. And then uh, Darcy was also mentioned as well. And I was like, oh, no. Like, what's going on here? Um, but I got to say, Randall Parks was all right for me. I actually, I dug him. I dug him in this show. And Darcy was handled the best she's ever been. Mm-hmm. So... It was okay, but the opening to this show, this episode, had me all the way in. This is something that I wish um, Far From Home actually opened like, because I loved seeing the return, the blimp, yes. uh, people coming back from the snap. I thought this was wicked. It was emotional. It was so real to see these people react to other people coming back. Other people have moved on, and they were not anticipating or expecting to ever see their loved ones, and here they are. Um, some people have passed. This five-year gap of them returning back from the snap, and it was it was really just amazing, man. I, I really loved what they did, I, and and for the first time ever watching the show, I felt like it was a movie. 
this is the first time mm-hmm. I really felt like this yeah, is very for sure. cinematic, right? It, it, so that was great. And then, um, yeah, it kind of it kind of um, wind down a little bit for me once we got into like the whole, um, I guess the meta part where Darcy was basically just being like the audience, like us, mm-hmm. and asking the questions. Or maybe it's actually maybe it's Agent both Wu them, think, asking yeah. the questions, both of them, right? Um, but the cool thing was was when they're uh, gathering the information. And the nosy neighbor, they had her in the corner, but they didn't have an identity yes. for her. And that was a big thing mm-hmm. there because I think a lot of us have been speculating that there's something up with that neighbor. We've never seen her husband. There's something up with her. Um, but the cool thing for me, man, was the end. The end. Just seeing Wanda. You know me. I'm, I'm a sucker for you know Peter Parker putting the black suit, turning bad, Anakin going bad. Michael Jackson bad. I love that <laughs> people go bad. Good people go bad. So um, this Milk was cool, man, to bad. see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this, was, <laughs> this was cool to see Wanda just embrace mm-hmm. this dark side in her. And um, I like it, man. I, I, I'm still kind of a strong believer. And maybe it's just wishful thinking. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, at the end of the day, like I think I mentioned a while ago that Doctor Strange would be the one to be like, Wanda, wake up. Let's go. Like, got to fix you. This isn't right kind of thing. Um and I think we're probably going to start seeing more of a vision be that guy that's questioning things now and being like, hey, like this, this isn't right. Yeah. Like maybe the man that's trying to escape the bubble, uh, maybe we're going to get more of his perspective. But it was horrifying, horrifying seeing Vision's face. Infinity War? The Infinity yeah. War vision? <laughs> that was like, oh, man. Um, that was abrupt, too. It was like it was just like a snapshot. You're like, whoa. That was crazy. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think that is – if that is like the corpse of vision, like Wanda's just has like this vision kind of walking around, or is this just like a new vision and she had a flashback or, or it was just kind of reminiscing of like what she witnessed in infinity war. Like, what do you, what do you guys think? It would be twisted if she was yeah. animating the corpse of vision. Oh, right? see, but right? I think that's exactly what it is. You think this is I did? Geppetto, like. you think... This is pet cemetery, man. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Sometimes dead is better. Well, and like because that's that's the big thing, right? That stands out is every person, and the kind of way they explain this, right? Every person is an existing person with a role. And there's a few yeah. people, Dottie, and like you said, the nosy neighbor there that doesn't have a like an identity before. And so, does that mean that they've been inserted into this mm. in some fashion, or they've inserted themselves into it? Right. And she isn't quite caught on. And but where does vision, right? Vision is it? Is it the corpse that she's right. animated and just walking around, which would that to be, you know, if you're leading into multiverse of madness, which you've got Rami coming back and or Rami to the universe out of comic book movie uh, legends. And you've got that horror element that they have been trying to lean into like this. This is a lead into that. Right. And this would make, the the whole series changed right like how twisted this actually is yeah it's way darker than they've gone with anything but i i'm here for it man like that yeah that was cool that she's i kind of viewed it as she didn't want to let go of them so she's Mm -hmm. created this world Mm -hmm. and kidnapped all kidnapped this town basically to realize that so and it's it's funny because we've talked about all the different possibilities and a lot of us were moving towards at times that she was being trapped or she had been captured. And I like this direction better that Definitely. she has become the villain of her own story. And, you know, there's potential for her to be the villain in multiverse of madness in some capacity. Right. That- Which I think is awesome because like, what else are you going to do with Wanda? Mm-hmm. Cause like you've taken her to the point now where she's too powerful yeah. to just be another Avenger. Cause mm-hmm. I think the stronger yeah. you make the Avengers, 
the greater you have to escalate yeah. the threat and the 100%. whole thing becomes less interesting, yeah. right? So if she's the villain, man, I'm going to... Yeah. I'm going to have to trade in some of my T-shirts for some of the ones out of Tim's drawer. Yeah. <laughs> tell you. Well, I dig this, though, right? Because a lot of the times, too, like in the comic books, like the cool thing has been like Wanda's been like that shaky, mm-hmm. off-balanced, overpowered hero that could flip any minute, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I love that we're actually going there instead yeah. of just, you know, I, I think she was fine in um in Civil War. But that was, that's just like the early days of her powers. But now seeing where she is and, you know, even that moment with her and... um. Thanos, which is which is my boy grabs. He loves that moment between mm-hmm. uh, Thanos and um, and Wanda in Endgame. How she's just like you've taken everything from me. I think yeah, that's like mind. that was the end of Thanos. And, there, if he didn't, yeah, and you, yeah, you can see it in her eyes, right? And then she's she carries that over in this performance with her and uh, Monica. Yeah, um, it's crazy, man. It's scary, and I got to give it up to Elizabeth Olsen for uh, Olsen for uh, for 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 that performance. She's holding she's, it she's down fantastic. on this, right? Yeah. The, the, when she flips there in episode three, and then you see more of it here, what she actually did. Yeah. Ah, man, I'm loving this. I can't wait for episode five here because you know we're we've seen the cracks now. They've let us and provided us some insight into what's going on, and now they're going to continue to build the mystery. Would be my guess. And so, like, what next steps can we take with the knowledge that we have? And likely splitting up, splitting a bit more time between outside of Westview and inside of it, and so mm-hmm. um, I'm really looking forward to this. And they, like I was in from minute one. You go back and listen to the live cast yeah, live stream it. with the the yeah. V39 boys. But this is next level now that we've gotten to this episode, and I think it's actually reengaged a lot of people into this um, yeah. into this show that something bigger yeah. is going on and. It was the right time to do this. I think I wasn't, to be honest with you, I wasn't expecting this pause in the episodic kind of sitcom nature, but I'm happy they've done it. And then they're going to pick yeah. it up here and continue to run with it. So, oh, guys, let us know what you think. There's a lot of theories running around out there. Just tag us on Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Let us know what your theories are, what's going on WandaVision before we get to episode five here, guys. So really looking forward to that this Friday. Can't wait. Can't wait. But. We got to get into some news, but before we do that, guys, we got a couple news items here to bang out in the next 40 minutes or so. But we got a special announcement. In the first episode of this year, our look into 2021, we talked about things changing in the nerd room, always evolving, always doing new things, and bridging new gaps in the podcasting world. And we talked about a new podcast that we're going to kick up here, and it's going to be fronted by the goddamn Batman and Craven, the freaking hunter. And these guys got an announcement for you. And so I'm going to turn it over to Troy here. What's what's going on? What's what's happening in the nerd room and where are we going? Yeah, man. So uh, yeah, buckle up, man. It's going to be a ride. We are diving deep into the video game world and nerdum um, all together, man, uh, led by Carlos and myself. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, man, it's going to be the Nerd Room Arcade podcast. Check us out, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drop our first live streaming um episode this saturday uh seven o'clock seven p.m and um i guess basically for everybody out there listening go and check out the app stereo to tune in and um interact with us because it's going to be all live and it's going to be all voice activated voicemail back and forth lots of chatter and it's going to be a fun episode man because it's video games and it's Star Wars. We're going deep dive into, um, you know, the early beginnings of Star Wars gaming and where it is now under the EA banner and where it's also been with um, Lucas. Uh, what was it? Lucasfilm Gaming. 
Uh, LucasArts. 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 Yeah, yeah man. So it's going to be a lot of good talk, man, and our predictions of what's going on, whether it's Kotar 3, whether it's Battlefront 3, whether it's uh, Jedi Fallen Order, all those good things. The arcade games, man. It's just going to be a lot of fun, and we're just going to keep it casual and interact with all you. And if you don't want to go with the app, that's all good. We will be hitting you with our regular... Um, I guess broadcast where it's through um, the Podbean. Yeah, Podbean so, will be everywhere. You can grab podcasts on the Tuesday following. They grab it as yes. a, as an episode in the main feed. Nice. So yeah, I'm man. Looking forward to listening. Congratulations, guys! It'll I know be... it's going to be a big success. Great success. Yeah. No, it should yeah. be a good time. Like um, yeah. a little bit of a different lens on gaming. Like it'll probably be a bit more retrospectivey and yes, few. Like I'll, I'll fully admit, like I'm that licensed game guy. I'm the guy that they used to make all those terrible movie licensed games for, like through the '90s and stuff. So yeah, there'll be some of that, and uh, we'll see where it goes. My boy Troy is the major gamer, but yes, uh, you know we're gonna hit that God of War episode at some time, and we gotta shore up that piece of content. So <laughs> definitely, definitely looking yeah. forward to yeah. it. Man. It's another it's exciting piece adding to the nerd room here, and like you said, Troy, the the app stereo where you guys can be recording and trying to take a different spin on how you guys interact and how we interact with listeners by voicemails as it goes um so we're always trying to do something different from here guys and change up the game and make sure that we're providing every opportunity to talk about everything of the beyond aspect of nerd but also making it so you can interact you know whether it's get vocal with the podcast twitter instagram or now stereo with the video games it's we're always looking for different ways that we can share nerd together, that we can do this. And, you know, we're always looking for that outlet. We're always looking for something different to do. And here it is. The guys are going to take, they're going to run with this, going to roll with this. Like, yes, you are going to get the audio versions of it, but it's all about stereo. It's all about getting out there, interacting and having some fun. You know, it's quiet out there right now. Saturday, little, little <laughs> bit of a uh, little bit of courage there, liquid courage, if you will. <laughs> Uh, maybe in some of you, but uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun to listen to you guys break this stuff down and and uh, to be interacting live there. Ah, oh, can't wait. Yeah, man. Rock on. I'll be listening. Awesome. I don't play Star Wars video games, but I'll be listening. Yes. So that's this Saturday, this coming Saturday at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, so 8 Central, 9 Eastern, and uh, the guys will be rocking it. Can't wait. Excellent, excellent. So there it is, guys. Nerd Room, always moving, always evolving, but we got to move into the news for this week got a couple news items here in the mcu and then we're going to jump into Zack snyder's justice league but first we're getting into the mcu we got some thor love and fun thunder to talk about this film due out in 2022 i believe may 6 2022 it's kicked off it's filming in australia home of thor himself chris hemsworth and we've got our first set photo so guys spoilers here not too much but spoilers if you keep away from this sort of stuff but we've got our first look at, at Thor himself and Chris Pratt and a few of the Guardians of the Galaxy. If you remember at the end of Endgame, we'd have Thor jumping on to, to Peter Quill's ship there and declaring the as Guardians of the Galaxy, which uh, got a nice pop out of me. And we're starting to see the evolution of what this is going to be. Director Taika Waititi, you know, he revamped Thor in Ragnarok, brought him to the next generation brought him to a next level within the MCU. And we saw that character arc, big character arc in Infinity War and really roll through into Endgame where we saw a completely different Thor again, a transformed Thor. And now we're going back into his solo franchise, 
back into the expansive nature of storytelling within the cosmos of Thor, which I really like. We've got things like the Jane Foster Thor that's been confirmed by Taika Waititi himself. We've got Christian Bale, one of the Batman, not the goddamn Batman, but one of the Batman, <laughs> playing God Butcher in this, Gore the God Butcher. So big arcs there. But we've also got this Guardian piece. We've got this new look. You know, Thor, he's got a very interesting look here. Very Thunderstrike look to him. Um, he's he's evolved. He's looking a bit more Guardians of the Galaxy-esque. We've got Pratt here in full Guardian regalia. We've got Kraglin. We've got Nebula. I'm sure Drax isn't too far behind here. But very interesting stuff here. I'm really liking what I'm seeing here. Sonny, man, you, yeah. you like Ragnarok, correct? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. The first time I watched it, I was kind of lukewarm on it. But it has grown on me because it is... It wasn't what I was expecting going in, but I can recognize that it is great and that Taika Waititi is an excellent director mm -hmm. and he did a terrific job with it. And so now that I know going in, Ragnarok, you know, which meant like like apocalypse, right? And I was expecting like this like crazy like end of the world, like super like dark story. And it was kind of, but it was like funny as all hell. Kind of threw me for a loop, but... I do recognize it's awesome, and I do love it now. Excellent. So you're excited for Thor at Love and Thunder here. What, what what are your thoughts about Thor's new look here and the Guardians being a part of this? I think it, it makes sense from definitely storytelling, but also how this lines up cinematically and the look and the feel and the tone to what Watiti brings to Thor itself. Yeah, man, I'm here for all of it. Um, I know, like, going in um... – they were going to be involved, right? Because at the end of Endgame, mm. he, you mentioned like he joins the ship. And the Guardians, it kind of makes sense because at the time, James Gunn wasn't confirmed to come back for Guardians 3, right? There was like a whole situation there. And so it made sense to throw him into Thor. And it's just like a natural fit when you watch Ragnarok and you just see the interactions. You're like, yeah, the Guardians would fit in there mm -hmm. perfectly. And... uh I think it's I think it's gonna be sweet, man. Honestly, and also Christian Bale is like, he's legit like one of the best actors working today. So you know he's gonna bring it, and he's always excellent in whatever he does. You know, every role he he's amazing in it. So I'm I'm really excited to see see this film. I think it's gonna be something special. I'm not gonna lie. Like I think this is gonna be an amazing film that we talk about years down mm -hmm. the road. Yeah, and this this is really shaping up to be like another major MCU crossover. And that's the thing I like about the MCU right now is that there's no more of these. Like I, I mentioned, I said before that Thor's back to his own universe, but there's none of the siloing anymore. And I think they learned that lesson from post Avengers when he got to Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, where he went and siloed these characters off again. But really since Winter Soldier forward, any character that makes sense to cross over into a movie, they haven't hesitated to do that. And, you know, they did that in Ragnarok with Hulk. And they've done that, like, in Winter Soldier. They had Black Widow. And they had, you know, Falcon coming into that. And then you had Falcon. Like, there seems to be this nice synergy of storytelling that you get out of the comic books that is now translated directly into the film and the way they construct the narrative and story. Very comic book-esque, right? Like, in the past, you'd think, okay, there's barriers up because of actors and all this. That seems to have all gone away in the MCU. And they've really focused on telling the right stories with the right characters. And I, I just am ecstatic that we're going to get a Watiti take on Thor, but also bringing in the Guardians. You know, I think James Gunn is consulting on this, and he put a tweet out the other day that Watiti, like the Guardians are in good hands here. He is consulting. 
but it's great to see you know maybe a, a, just a slightly different take on the guardians from what we've seen in the past and how they interact with thor what we saw in infinity war between these two was fantastic and i cannot wait to see more of that quill and thor the back and forth right the frenemy type of uh of relationship that we're definitely going to see in this so carlos what, what are your thoughts what's your take here on on this thunderstrike looking thor and you know it's he appears he's back in shape that's going to do some cgi alteration it appears that he's got that hemsworth bod <laughs> on him again <laughs> it's cool like I, I like the look and you know thunderstrike was a very 80s yes. thing and looking at um, Star Lord's new look with like the metal plates and mm-hmm. stuff, it's got that Buckaroo Bonsai kind of feel to it. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm here for it. Like uh, superheroes in the '80s mm-hmm. can be great, like with Ragnarok, can be not so great. But uh, I think this one but will be tongue, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you're mentioning, you're looking at that poster when you're saying that. <laughs> no, no, you you can't see where my where my eye is in Zoom. He just <laughs> got off the couch, man. Leave it. Leave I, I need it. to tie you up with the lasso of truth. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I think that uh, that worked with Ragnarok, and they're gonna lean into it, mm. and yeah, anything that Taika does is pretty much a, a win for me i think the only thing i don't love is what we do in the shadows mm. so um, oh what like the the movie or the show it's it's just all too sunjay for me but um <laughs> it's unreal man <laughs> i like the first thing i saw this guy and yeah like, but like movie? jojo rabbit is my favorite movie of last year so um, i haven't seen it yet so well, it's kind of funny there there you go you just you just made my point right on this right on this podcast live you have it here folks um but <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the Academy Award-winning product from Watiti, and you take the other thing. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm excited for it. it and he really nailed that kind of '80s aesthetic with the traditional Kirby look in yeah. Ragnarok. So I'm curious to see what he does here, because I think he's gonna spread his wings a bit. So mm-hmm. should be cool. Yeah, the thing too that I loved about what they did in Ragnarok is they gave Hemsworth more room to move with the character, moved him out of this like Arthurian style of dialogue and posture and all this, and just gave him space to run. And I think he's going to excel with the Guardians of the Galaxy and having that back and forth. But but Troy, when you when you look at this movie, yeah. what we got? Like I said, we got Jane Foster Thor arc. We've got God Butcher in here somewhere. We've got this you know radical different look for Thor again. We've got the Guardians of the Galaxy. How do, how do they execute this to make it not feel like an overwhelming experience? Yeah, for me, man, um, I like what I see. But I think to answer your question, it's 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 Pump Jane Foster. Mm-hmm. I really feel like let let this be her movie. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of time with uh, Chris Hemsworth, and he's awesome. He's great, don't get me wrong. But um, Jane Foster's Thor is, is, is special. She's awesome. And I, I'd really like to see this movie go full force with mm-hmm. her. I think the money shot would be when we get the reveal of her look. Yes. Because her Thor is really cool looking too. Um, and I, I and I think that would actually transition pretty well in live action, mm-hmm. her costume. Agreed. More so than like Thor's like old school original um, Kirby look <laughs> itself. Um, for the Thunderstrike, um, man, there's, there's a lot of those on shelves right now. That action figure. Dude, okay. Uh, did we not talk about last week that when you get a Marvel <laughs> Legend of a figure, yeah, it's teasing something. Like this was just there like a right? recent wave, like a random Thunderstrike figure. And here we go. Yes. Here he is. He's here, man. And um, 
well, I gotta say, um, Hemsworth here looks way better than the action figure, and way better than the actual like comic look. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's cool, man. Like he has like the thriller kind of jacket going on, and um, I can't wait to see his chemistry, obviously, with mm-hmm. uh, Chris Pratt. Those two were, were awesome, lightning in a bottle. Um, and I, I can't wait to see it, man. I'm I'm, I'm totally on board, and I you know Christian Bale obviously yeah. as well. I mean, he's gonna be phenomenal. But for me, yeah, I just I just want to see Jane Foster because mm-hmm. for me, I feel like she hasn't been um, Natalie Portman's kind of struggled in this yeah. universe to be honest and um i would really like to see her just come back hard and just kicking ass mm-hmm. as jane foster thor in this uh in this upcoming movie man. yeah and maybe who knows and maybe maybe she'll pop up maybe she'll pop up in uh wandavision you, you like, never know you, you never know with, with what's going know. on right and i of, think of, the of, thor of, we have now through Watiti is the mm-hmm. interaction between him and jane and her reappearance because he kind of made some off comments about her in endgame and all this right I yeah. think that interaction is going to be a lot more well suited for this universe than it would have been if he was kind of the more stiff Thor, right? Like the oh, awkwardness yeah. of oh, all yeah. this, and it's just going to, I think, play really well into the style of Watiti, rather yeah. than trying to make this a semi-serious reconnection and all love story and all this, right? Yeah, um, I think it'll play better, play better this way. Well, and it'll yeah. also give her a leg up on him because. Jane Foster compared to the the reinvented Thor is a far more savvy and intelligent mm-hmm. character. So by extension, she should be a better Thor. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm curious to see what they do. And I love that dynamic. Yeah. It's it's gonna be great. Now or at least in my opinion, I think the Guardians will probably won't last the whole film. I'd no. say probably like the first twenty minutes and we'll find them going their separate ways. I don't know if you can do all those arcs with the guardians here the whole time and still have the guardians play meaningful roles in the film. I think there'll be a nice segue from Endgame into phase four here with Thor, but then he's going to have to go off his own way at some point, whether that is triggered by Jane Foster or the God butcher or something. I think we're going to have to see these guys go off into Guardians of the Galaxy volume three at some point and Thor go and do his own thing. I think there has to be a natural separation of the two. Otherwise it, it, you might get too much there. Like they executed Civil War and Infinity War and Endgame and all that expertly so they can handle those ensembles. But if you want to tell that those stories, I think you need to have some more personalized time with, with Thor and those characters. And, and, and one last thing, speaking of like Thor and then you mentioned Endgame and, and time travel. For me, I'm just curious. Do you guys think there's a chance, a chance that we could see young Thor, this Thor, and King Thor, much like Jason Aaron's one. Is there, is, could we get that Easter egg, that cool little cameo of the three Thors in different ages, I, different timelines? I think they have to, right? They have yeah. the technology. Yeah. yeah. They can, uh, I think you'll just get an Easter egg to so? it. But like, the, it's, you've already got so much mm-hmm. to add that layer yeah. into it. Like, I think yeah. God Butcher will just kind of show up, right? Whereas with that, right. they yeah. built to him and he was like, this enigma through yeah. the first like through quite a few books right so mm-hmm. i'm yeah. curious to see if christian bale does motion capture and he's fully animated or if he's actually a guy because like gore is huge yeah if well, he's probably so. like a thanos style probably i'd imagine hey like much like what yeah he did with i think so. like, yeah probably something something but, like similar. wasn't uh kurt russell when he was but like when he was showing up he was just like a guy right ego 
eagle. eagle yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he has a planet, so they had to kind of <laughs> scale, scale take him some back liberties. <laughs> Plaster his face on her. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is him. Yeah. Let's do the Teletubbies sunshine oh, baby. Man, yeah. I tell you. I've, that would have been such a better movie if they did I've that. watched a bit of that lately. You have no idea. <laughs> so there it is. May 6, 2022. So likely maybe to see a trailer by the end of the year for this one given that they're in production here. So that could be very, very exciting. But uh, but continue with the MCU here as we roll through this. We got Coogler, man. Writer, director, Black Panther. He is a uh, masterclass when it comes to, to filmmaking. And him and his production company have signed a five-year first look deal with Disney+. Plus. So the production company, they're stepping into TV. And so any concept, idea, whatever that Coogler puts out, Disney has the rights of first refusal on it, which is very exciting to see that Coogler and them are partnering up. And the only thing that's really come out of this in any great detail as far as projects is, of course, not only Black Panther, but a show dropping onto Disney+. Plus. The MCU slate has expanded exponentially over the, last, over the next couple of years because of the platform of Disney+. Plus, Storytelling of characters that we likely wouldn't have gone on big screen for years if only maybe in big Avengers crossover films. But it looks like we're going to get another show coming to Disney Plus from the mind of Coogler and from his production company that's going to be exploring the kingdom of Wakanda. So we know Wakanda is going to play and has played a big role in Black Panther and Infinity War, of course. And going forward, it's going to play an even bigger role. But now we're going to get a show dedicated to exploring the ins and outs and the nuances of this amazing landscape and country and culture that Coogler and company created in the Black Panther film. And for me, this is extremely exciting. I love the idea that we're going to spend a lot of time in Wakanda exploring aspects that we likely can't touch on in a two-plus-hour film, especially with the task that Coogler has of reintroducing the concept of Black Panther in the absence of T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman. And so having this gives us a greater environment to work with in Wakanda, and it allows them to explore some of the cultural ends of it too, which we got a taste of in Black Panther and we want more of now. So, so how does this play, Carlos? Like, how how does this play out? Is do we have Wakanda on its own? We get you know just a, a show about something, or do we have Nakia? Do we have Shuri? Do we have a lead we're familiar with here? Take up the world of Wakanda and run with it. Is it? We've got so many books right now that are exploring Wakanda, the galactic empire of Wakanda, all this kind of stuff. What are mm-hmm. they going to do in this show to make it intriguing? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know that I'm that interested in diving into like the galactic world of Wakanda or like the techno jungle yeah. or any of that stuff. The most interesting stuff are things that he seeded already mm-hmm. was Wakanda being an influence in the world. Like I loved the opening scene with the human traffickers mm-hmm. and uh, Wakanda interceding in the neighboring countries affairs. So that's cool. And that would be something that I think could be really neat. And then now that Wakanda's um, bringing itself to the world, maybe some of those things that they bring to the Western world mm-hmm. and some of the interactions between them and other countries. And I think that's the more interesting thing instead of just doing this deep fantasy dive into Wakanda, yep. which could be cool, but I think you get some really neat human stories. And with you, with Wakanda being a utopian society, it doesn't, necessarily just have to be because of the technology it could be because of how enlightened they are and what their mindset is and their um, outlook on life so i think 
that, especially in our day and age, could be the most powerful story mm. that you could tell with that. So, yeah, I'm hoping that that's part of it. And then with his overall deal, I'm you know, it's cool that he's going to do Marvel stuff, but this guy needs mm-hmm. to be able to spread his wings in other fields. Yep. And I hope that some of that stuff is offerings on Star Plus where... Yes you don't need the Marvel trappings that he just tells his stories. Kind of like what Ava DuVernay has going on with HBO max. Mm-hmm. Like, um, she's got those DC projects somewhere, but she's, <laughs> she's using that deal to do some pretty special things, um, in that space. And Coogler, he's another voice that I'd hate to see just resigned yeah. to a small box so i, I think yeah. i think in the world of wakanda or whatever it's going to be called he plays the ep role he plays like the general role but he could mm-hmm. likely pass this off to someone else right and that's kind of a, a nice baton passing for him is that you know he can remain part of it but i agree with you he needs to be doing other stuff too like frugal station like telling you know good stories and using that platform to tell them um, I yeah. think it's going to be very, very valuable. Troy, man, what do you what do you need out of this? Yeah. What do you need out of Coogler in in a show focused around Wakanda in some sense? Um, well, pretty much piggybacking off of what Carlos said, man. Um, I think it's basically like a deal. You know, he's he's probably going to be doing like you know a favor for Disney, and then he gets to do his yeah. own project off, and um, and that's going to be really cool to see because yeah, man. I mean, Fruitvale and uh, Creed, mm-hmm. Creed one, oh. man. Oh, so and then good. and then just what he did with Black Panther one obviously is is absolutely amazing. Um, I think it's a it's just it's a really good deal for Disney, mm-hmm. like a really yeah, good deal. I mean, when so. you look at what was it twenty was it twenty eighteen, uh, Black Panther, like what that movie did, um, especially money wise, and you're bringing that same creative factor to your streaming platform. That's going to do wonders for Disney Plus, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, just for the following of people that want to see Coogler's vision, um, the stories that they want to tell, I'm I'm cool with anything. I mean, Agents of Wakanda would be mm-hmm. kind of neat. It'd be kind of cool to see some of that stuff. It'd be cool if we could get some kind of flashback storytelling too of T'Chaka. Oh, yeah. um, I, I I really loved you know my boy uh, who was the writer, but I know I remember the artist. It was John Romano Jr. and it's the Black <laughs> Panther run. When um, they go way back, uh, when Captain America is even teaming up with uh, T'Chaka, and um, I, I would love to see some of that kind of stuff done, um, live action. Was you don't necessarily need Captain in that America. Book? What's sorry? Was that the Coats era? Maybe that was, and like, and then Claw showed up in that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was. It was really, really cool. That was the one where they had like the origin books interlaced, right? Where they had like Wakanda like a hundred years ago and fifty years ago i and think stuff. so i think so and it showed a little bit of their influence in like the war and stuff i think yes yeah 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 that's the one so basically yeah if we could get some of the, some of that kind of stuff i mean even if it's an anthology um but i would love to see also like someone with the caliber of like uh lapita yeah. nuango show yeah. up i think you, you, know, you that, need an that, anchor character yeah. in there for sure in baku baku yeah. i mean his whole tribe cool. like that's so good oh man yeah that'd be, that'd be great so no this is this is great news man but I, i'm really curious to just see ryan coogler more so outside of yeah. marvel i'd love to see any property that guy's gonna put out which i'm sure we're gonna see with a really nice hefty budget behind it oh yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah and you're you're right carlos too to point out and, and troy that they're gonna need some stuff on star as well once that launch yeah. once that platform launch they're gonna need some hooks in that and he's he's the right guy to start to bring some some great uh, commentary content that that has a, a voice right and mm-hmm. and i'm looking forward to that too sunny man 
how many times yeah. can I ask you if you're gonna get to Disney Plus? But <laughs> <laughs> maybe this will be the time. Maybe the time he Mighty starts Ducks. putting Mighty stuff Ducks out in Wakanda. Mighty Ducks, yeah, that's gonna be up there. That's sweet. Um, yeah, man, like Wakanda, that sounds cool. It sounds cool. Um, what are they gonna do with it? I'm not sure to be honest. I kind of like Carlos's idea about them, like in the world now, mm-hmm. and how they're positioned and helping each other out. I, th- I think you know, I think that'd be really cool. Um, Will he direct? I'm sure he'll direct like the first yeah. episode and kind of just Favreau be like the guide behind the thing, scenes. Yeah. yeah. Kind of just like the helping hand and like the big name behind it to sell. Mm. I was going to say sell tickets, but sell subscriptions. Um, yeah, man. And uh, what is he going to do else? Yeah. As you guys mentioned, let him tell other stories. Like this guy's a storyteller and he's one of the few directors in Hollywood where as soon as his name's attached, I'm interested in the project and uh, give him the freedom to do whatever he wants. Like if he wants to make. I don't know. Whatever he wants to make, I'll probably be checking it out because, yeah, Creed was absolutely fantastic. And you you tell the premise of Creed and you're just like, I don't know, like they're kind of messing with Rocky here. And then you watch the movie and you're like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Like this is it was like legit, like the second best Rocky film besides the first one. Like it's like unreal how well it was made. So. What, you know, this guy, this guy's got the Midas touch. Just let him touch everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's three for three. Yeah, man, he is. Honestly, yeah. each movie that he's put out, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see what yeah. what he does. And the next big thing we're likely to see from him is July eighth, twenty twenty two, Black Panther two. So my my guess would be we're gonna see that going to production here relatively soon. At some point, once he's crafted out his story, and we'll start to see what that's gonna be, and then likely gonna build on that what what Cooler does next. So we'll definitely keep our finger on the pulse there. But Sonny, man, you, you provided me a nice little segue. Directors that perk your ears that you'll do anything for. Well, not anything. Near anything. <laughs> and we're, we're going to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League here, guys. Oh, I'd do anything for him. I know you would. I know you would. <laughs> we, we've got a date. We've got a line in the sand as to when this four-hour epic is going to hit HBO Max south of the border and Crave up here in Canada. Now... I purchased my subscription to Crave this past weekend. Wife yeah, and I talked boy. about it, and we said, said, Carlos and Troy, everyone's throwing great recommendations at me. I said, I need it for a couple movies in March anyways, this one being one of them. Uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong, though. Am I right? <laughs> well, that may not come out on Crave, though. That may not come out on Crave. Yeah, damn well better. But, <laughs> but we know for sure that Justice League is coming out March 18th, 2021, the day before Falcon and the Winter Soldier debuts on Disney+. And if it comes out a week or so before we get Godzilla versus King Kong, so the first time we have an actual date drop, we've got Snyder out here. He's tweeting away or vieroing away or whatever it is that he uh, subscribes <laughs> to there. Talking a bit of detail of what we're going to get. we got our first set of posters for Justice League here, the Fallen, Risen, and Reborn. I might sound cynical, but feels a little self-indulgent to me, guys, The kind of the way that it was tweeted out. I don't know. Am I going to get some hate? Probably. That's okay. It's okay, guys. We can't <laughs> We can't all be uh, sugar plums and, and rainbows here in the MCU with Tim. That's why everyone everyone loves you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, Sonny. We can't all be sugar plums. I just got to say I'm that. sorry, man. I'm going to get that I'm on sorry. a t-shirt. That's the next T-Public, I think. That's the next T, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sonny, man, what, let's let's talk about before we get into some of the more depth and details that Snyder went into after this drop. But we've got a date, and we've got some posters. 
how's the excitement going with you, man? Is is this amping it up? Are you fever pitcher beyond that? What is these? What what's, is this drop? What's, what's a grade scale? It's letter, so this would be like an A plus 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 plus, like extra credit, like twelve out of ten. <laughs> um, excitement level, man. Like this is like the most excitement for a movie I'll probably have this whole year. Um, just like everything around the project, like just seeing some pictures of like the opening scene and stuff like it just it looks grandiose it looks like an epic you know you mentioned the four hour epic and just everything around this just feels epic and it just feels like i don't know man it just feels like um the due that the characters deserve like uh um, you know the theatrical justice league it's all right like i don't hate it um like some people do i think it's just all right um but i think like the potential's there for it to be epic and and grand and it just wasn't that in the theater and this seems like it's got everything that the theatrical cut wasn't like it was like it was like it's like two-thirds of the way there and then this is just gonna like push it up over the like bar like this is just gonna be so amazing that it's actually getting made for one like i can't believe when people started tweeting out and I started tweeting out, like release the Snyder cut, I was like, this is like a pipe dream. Like, I hope eventually we get to see this, you know, but in the back of my head, I was like, I don't know if this is even going to work, but shit, let's give it a shot. And hats off, man. It works. So make excitement level 12 out of 10. Like I'm taking the day off work and I'm going to probably watch it twice. And maybe I think what I'll do is like, I'll watch BVS and then just like roll straight into this and just like, so you're the it. only person in the world that works from home that's gonna take the day off to watch this just watch just don't take the day <laughs> off just watch it it is i i admire the integrity yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> i i couldn't i couldn't uh have it in the background while i'm working it was just like i, I get a lot of like instant messages and stuff and then i would hate to just like pause it and then like and and the, and the kids are off at day home so like i'll have no distraction it'll just be like all right Here's like three bowls of popcorn because it's four hours long. That's, that's <laughs> a set. Here, here, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a stop at like Costco to get like Depends or something, so I don't have to even go to the washroom. Just like soak it all in, literally. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> There's an image for you guys out there that we all just got to experience together. <laughs> Troy, man, I, I know you're also hyped yeah. for this, and I apologize yeah. for the cynicism at times. Um, but we but we do have to provide a nice round 360 degree insight into this film but given yep. what we've seen and let's pull in some context what else snyder uh, chucked out there too and sunny of course you're going to jump back into this but we got two big reveals this week as well on top of the posters we've got a quote there's a war coming i don't know what he's referring to here but hopefully that's just the film but this is coming from <laughs> martian manhunter who did not make an appearance in the original theatrical cut but has been teased to make an appearance in this cut and We've also got Jared Leto's Joker. Got a big, big tease this past week from Snyder himself on a very Joker slash Ledger looking Joker rather than what we saw in Ayer's Suicide Squad with Leto's take. So, Troy, yeah. what's going on, man? What's, 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 what's your feel with the anticipation, the, these subsequent reveals we've got here? Yeah. What's, what's the hype looking like for you? Oh, hype, hype is... 14 man out of 10. Sunny man, I'm, I'm You're even above. more you, than me? More than <laughs> Shit, you because, I got changed to 15 now. <laughs> because because coming off of um 
coming off of Ju- not Justice League, coming off of BVS, man, I was kind of like, ugh. And then Justice League, I was like, this is okay. This is this is all right. Um, I wasn't a believer in the Justice or the uh, Snyder Cut by any means because it didn't exist. Like, it wasn't done clearly. No, but um... <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it was done, my <laughs> oh, friend. Oh, we'll sit down and have a chat. I, I, I think it just <laughs> finished, to be honest. Yeah, but, he has um, a cut. I don't even know finished, if it's finished friend. yet. <laughs> <laughs> but um no and everything that uh snyder's been putting out and just to see like the you know the the audience being so vocal in support of this film and it's it's cool man me my biggest thing is like the aftermath i want to know what's going to happen after this because if this thing's a huge hit we, we we need more whether it's Zack snyder or not we need another justice league to follow the success of this film and would canon move forward with this and we ignore the joss whedon one I don't know, but um, I'm I'm all there, man. Because I mean, Affleck's my guy. That's my definitive Batman live action, and we get another crack with him. Uh, Martian Manhunter. It just makes so much sense that he would be in this film. I um, I was a big fan of um, Frontier, Justice League Frontier, and Martian Manhunter was kind of the one that was putting all the all the leagues together or all the members together. So it's really cool that he's going to be involved. Um, the Joker. The Joker. Listen, we went back to that trailer. You go back. I was telling you, there's that card. You see that Joker mm-hmm. card. And what are we getting? We're getting this guy back. And um, hey, I'm all for second chances, man. And Jared Leto's getting another crack as well to prove himself as the Joker. And uh, I'm all for it, man. I can't wait to see where they're going to go. I want to see um, the CGI look a little cleaner on uh, on Dark Side because out of that trailer, he did look a little a little rough. But um, I want to see what the full production value is going to be and what everything looks like, man. Could we get some hints of the Green Lantern? I mean, we got it in... We got in the original Justice League. We did get a, that little clip. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to see them go a little harder on that, man. I don't care what Green Lantern is at this point. Just just give us something. <laughs> give us something right? from those guys. But uh, I'm all there, man. I, I can't wait to watch this. Four hours? Yeah, Sonny, I might, I might do it, man. I might do Man of Steel. <sighs> I might Ooh. do BBS. You're one-upping me um, and everything. You're doing yeah, Man of Steel man. and BBS in this. Well, Man of Steel is like pff, money. Yeah. I, I love that movie. That movie to me is, I mean, you had the poster for a minute back there i'm sure you'll you'll switch it back sooner or later but um <laughs> but, uh, you, you gotta start where the magic begins and i think yeah you go man of steel you, you you tough it out with bvs and then you go to uh snyder man the snyder cut justice league so we'll see i'm hyped. is this is this I'm joker hyped. nightmare scene joker so presumably that's why he's gonna look different like they're gonna maybe melt his face again and get rid of some of those tattoos and that would be nice. <laughs> Maybe get a new really dentist cool. and change. Well, I think that's grill. the only way you can justify a radical change in the look. Like that, I, that's what this. You could just do it, whatever. But that's like what this Thor, teases, like... I think, is a change in the look. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I think there's definitely a change in the look, but I don't think it necessarily has to be the change of the Joker. I mean, the Joker has always been so radical. Yeah. I mean, like it's even without having the same a face, guy, but like... you, you can make it look more Joker esque as opposed to exactly. Exactly. pirate gangster. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it was just the tattoos that kind of threw me off, and it wasn't so much like his body tattoos. It was just like the face tattoos, and the grills, and like and the stuff. damage, and like the grill. Yeah. Like it just, it just seemed like off. Like it didn't really feel like the Joker to me, and yeah. like it felt like a like a like knockoff Joker. Like someone was trying to project <laughs> that image, but was also well, it set a bad precedent because right off the hop, Jared Leto, you see him, and you're just like a little bit disappointed. But like, I feel like he can be an amazing joker like i still believe in jared leto and i think like you know there's talks about like a joker film with him or like him continuing in suicide squad or him joining in harley quinn movie and i feel like if this is like a huge success with like jared leto and people are more receptive to this jared leto 
maybe that opens an avenue where you get like a Joker Harley movie, like a Mad Love Story, or like a Gotham City Sire Gotham City Sirens, where Leto makes an appearance because you need a Joker, like. DC needs a Joker. He is just as important as Batman, yep. and he needs to be in this universe. Yeah, and he could kill it. You're right, 100%. I mean, the guy. Carlos um... is so mad at me right now that I said that. He's biting his tongue. Hunka <laughs> <laughs> hunka. What can I say? <laughs> you know what, man? Let, let's uncork <laughs> we... the goddamn Batman here. Yeah. What, what do you got to say about this stuff? All this, all this recent reveals. Uh. Yeah, man, I, you know, like, like I've said from the beginning, my hope with whatever Zack Snyder's Justice League is, is that it does uh, the characters proud and showcases them on a grand scale that, you know, you have all these awesome outs by the Avengers. I want to be able to point to something and be like, this is something that's on equal footing and equally accessible and showcases these characters on the grand stage and the grand scale that they should be. Um, but I got to tell you, man, like as the date dropped and the anticipation ramped up, like my hype went down, like those posters dropped and it's like the fallen one of the justice league logo. I'm like, that's cool. You, you did a take on the original justice league teaser poster with the logo intact and the light, coming through so you got this broken one and then you've got the Justice League flag one and it's like that's Superman 75 homage right there and that's so neat cool. that you did that and then the film reels but it's like <laughs> the main thing like as cool as those first two posters were to me I was like you're preaching to the converted already like mm. you're not gonna you're you're not wooing those people who um, didn't dig BVS and so then were um, sheepish on coming out for the follow-up to that movie. And you're probably not going to win over the people that liked the theatrical cut. And you're not going to win over the people that didn't like the theatrical cut by saying, here's a darker, two times longer version of that movie you saw and you didn't care for kind of thing. So... Um, yeah, like I was kind of hoping that the lessons learned from BVS would be uh, corrected and Snyder would come out and be like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to make the best superhero movie ever. Whereas it's like, it's cool that it's for your fans and it's for the f people that dug that last movie. But at the same time, I think you're missing the mark with what the goal was to redeem the franchise and redeem... Uh, the name of the Justice League in that cinematic space because you're like quadrupling down at this point in time on some of those things. It's like, oh, you didn't like the destruction in, in Man of Steel? Well, here we go. We're going to level this city and we're going to have this murder rage Batman. And it's like, I'm like actively like anxious as to it's like, oh, if you're going to give the big old big middle fingers to the critics of BVS. Like, what are you going to have in this movie? Like, <laughs> so yeah, man, like I, I was pretty hyped when it was announced and hopeful, but uh, yeah, if you guys are like the 14, 15s out of 10, I'm at like a, I'm at like a five, but I'm like kind of there, like everywhere. Like my, wife is super hyped and my 
oldest daughter is like looking forward to it. I'm kind of in the middle. And then my youngest is like, uh, if Tom Holland's not in it, why would I sit through a four-hour movie? So, I don't know. Just tell her she's been cast as Robin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can't put it any more eloquently than you just did, Carlos. Like, I, I'm kind of on the same page as you. That I, And to be honest, my hype level hasn't really changed. Like, none of this information really does change much for me. I'm, I'm going to watch it. Here's Here's the bottom line with it all, right? I'm not, like, I've always been the more cynical and a bit more critical of this this project and all that. But I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to sit down for the four hours and take this in. I'm going to give it a fair shot. That's 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 my promise. I give it a fair shot. I really hope it's good. I really and truly do. And that mm-hmm. they can take this and go through whatever redemption arc that they need to go through to get on the other side of of all of this and and just give us a good story, a good movie, a visually stunning movie that expands a bit on what we saw, changes things up, gives us a new introduction for the likes of Martian Manhunter and bring some new and intriguing and interesting elements to that universe. Cool. I'm down. I'm there. And on the other side of it, we're going to, we're going to talk about this guys. We're going to, we're going to really break this thing down and, and we're going to, to be honest about it. It's going to be more than the hour and a half that we've just discussed here through all these topics. I can tell you that right now, that film is going to, <laughs> we, we usually take about the same amount of time to break down a film as we, as the film itself. So you're looking at a four hour podcast there guys. <laughs> Yeah, if we did two hours plus on One Room in 84, yeah. look out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on this being four hours? Like, for me, personally, this is kind of what I was hoping for. <laughs> but totally um, seeing, uh, you know, like it being like a TV show or stuff, it would like, the hype would continue on for weeks, right? If you had like one hour episodes. But then I feel like there would be like cliffhangers where it would kind of take away the cinematic experience. Like a four-hour movie. I don't know the last time we even got a four-hour movie. Like Titanic was three hours. Never theatrically, like I don't that. think, unless it was some like weird extended cut of something that didn't show wide. It's yeah. too long for an so, audience. Like, it's it's kind of interesting though. Like I think like people will break this up into more digestible chunks because like four hours is a long mm-hmm. time. Like I'm not gonna lie. If you're not like super jacked for this, I could see it being kind of like a barrier. But, you know, it could just be something where you just break it up and you're like, okay, you, you, you almost, know, I'll watch an hour here. Unless hour you here. have, like, unless the story is just so incredibly enthralling, engaging, and epic, there's going to there's gonna be natural lulls where you're going to be like, okay, pause, step out for 20 minutes, and then come back to it. Like, yeah. like to, like to keep you... People watch TV shows, like, they binge TV shows, and they're like, watch four hours of Sons of Anarchy, or... Yeah, no, like, I don't I'm know guilty of kids stuff are like watching. that. Yeah. <laughs> what are the kids watching these days? I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> 24 do they still watch 24 i watch like all 24 episodes that is a real shit it's intimidating though man like i i loved lord of the rings i got those extended edition box sets there and literally have taken them out of the case and my eye has caught that runtime and i'm like yo no i'm just gonna do something else for a minute like yeah i don't know i i'm sad that you'll get the general audience choosing to tune out when they see that four hours flash up on their mm-hmm. HBO Max application. Well, right? you're just going to have to make it into your own episodic sort of thing, right? Like, you kind of get mm-hmm. the pick and choose mm-hmm. of that, like two hours, hour, whatever you want to do. I, I like the episodic stuff right now. I'm kind of digging that weekly content. But, hey, it's coming. It's going to be in our laps here on March 18th, 2020. And then the next day, a little bit of a palate cleanse with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> is it the next day that, or the is next that on week? crave i don't i don't have 
I'm not going to watch it unless it's on Crave as well. No. Disney Plus, bro. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, can't watch it. So, anyways, guys. Well, let's wrap it up there. That was a behemoth. We got through a lot of content there, guys. And we kept the runtime kind of close to what we wanted. So, hope you guys enjoyed. If you'd like to be a bigger part of this episode or this podcast, you can always email us at nerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do over the nerdroom.net. The hunt is real, and it's over on Instagram at the nerdrm. You're going to be seeing some stuff flying up here over the next couple of days out of the nerd room with regards to some of the pickups that we talked about earlier on in the episode, as well as some of the stuff that we'll be doing over the course of the weekend. Hopefully, you see my Lego set up there. That's my, my big goal for this weekend is get that finished <laughs> up. And Twitter, guys, that's where you can find us most of the time. Always wondering, looking for a discussion. You want to elaborate any topics that we discuss this week. We're happy to engage in that conversation and share an experience nerd together. So with all that being said, gentlemen, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Batman. And I'm Sunday. <sighs> Makes me feel so good when that's back. And guys, don't forget, this Saturday, the Nerd Room Arcade, stereo, live stream, have some fun with that. So tune into that. And if you can't make that, the audio will be in the feed here the following Tuesday. So, but get there with the guys. It's going to be a ton of fun. You know, drink. Bring your quarters too. You don't want to be out there <laughs> sitting there trying to steal quarters from people. Make sure you have enough. It's 50 cents yeah. to play. Yeah, quarters in your fanny yeah. pack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. All right, yes. guys. Until next week, stay safe, be kind, and thank you very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.